Welcome to the Unknown Regions, where a Star Wars-focused podcast brings you a variety of different content, such as the latest news, film, novel, and comic reviews, and connections with the people in the galaxy. This podcast aims to deliver fresh content to your comm link from the Holonet. This is Star Wars by MRC Tech. Episode 12, everyone, and welcome to Star Wars by the MRC Tech. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you as we travel through the unknown regions. We're recording on March 22nd, 2020, in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. And here's what we're covering today on Episode 12. Starting off in our hyperspace spot, we're going to be talking big news in Mandalorian Season 2 area. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. As we transition out of that huge news story, we're going to be back into our comic series and into a novel this time around in Reading the Stars. We'll be covering Vader number 1 and number 2 and the first four chapters of the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition, uh, abridged summary slash version from me, We'll finish up our episode with Clone Wars number five. Uh, the season seven television show has taken a turn. We welcome back Adam from the From a Certain Point of View podcast to the show. Stay tuned for that. But if you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast. Actually, don't support the podcast right now as you need to support yourself and your family and your health through the COVID-19 crisis. But when you're ready and you want to support the show, uh, go on over to mrctechlc.com backslash become a fan if you want to do that. And if you like game streams like the one you may be watching now, lots of viewers out there tonight on March 22nd watching the live recording, come on out and join me as I play through a series of games on Twitch and Facebook. Follow the channels, like the page, join the chat and have fun and big Shoutouts to Gingerbread Beauty, the Ice Orb for my two new subscriptions, one to Ginger Slayer. Big shout out to Dave GT52, the guy Mike, the guys 85, Emily out there uh, hanging with me uh, tonight as we go through the uh, the Star Wars podcast. So thanks a lot for that. So follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, yeah, like the page on Facebook. Let's have fun, let's have a conversation, but this is episode 12 of Star Wars by the MRC Tech. And let's get ready for our hyperspace spot. Ready? Punch it. In today's hyperspace spot, we're going to be covering just one important news story. We are totally in a slow-ish time in Star Wars land. As the Clone Wars is in its thing, 
The Rise of Skywalker Digital already dropped. The novel is out. We have the art of The Rise of Skywalker coming out at the end of this month. But the big news that dropped uh, a couple days ago on March 20th, according, and I did vet this, I first put this out as a clickbaity sort of thing, but then I chatted with some people. I've uh, talked to Fulcrum Agent, who is a good authority on all things Star Wars. He has his sources. We collaborated. We vetted. And I'm reporting this on the podcast as something that is semi-official, not officially announced by Lucasfilm, not officially announced by Star Wars itself. But the Mandalorian Season 2 cast Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Live action. Holy moly. According to Slash Film and Peter Shretta. Sorry if I messed your name up. We have exclusively learned that Rosario Dawson will appear in The Mandalorian Season 2 and are excited to report that she will be playing a fan favorite character previously only seen in the Star Wars animated productions. Dawson will be playing a live action version of Ahsoka Tano, Anakin Skywalker's Jedi Padawan apprentice who appeared in Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. This would be the character's first appearance in live action action. Dave Filoni, the co-creator of Ahsoka in animated form, is a writer, producer, and director on The Mandalorian. He made his live action directorial debut helming multiple episodes of the first season and we saw a couple of weeks back that Dave Filoni have returned as director for the second season. We have confirmed this Dawson casting with two independent sources. We reached out to Lucasfilm to request a statement from the company or Dave Filoni, but received no response. We have been chasing this scoop for a month now and have reached out to Rosario's reps, who also didn't respond. We won't go into who is Ahsoka to know, because you should kind of know that by now. But just know that she was not well-received with the Clone Wars. She then became a fan favorite. Ashley Eckstein has done a great job voicing the role. So the first thing I want to address is... Back in 2017, Rosario Dawson sort of campaigned to be Ahsoka Tano at some point. I think she was just having fun, but people reported that she was playing her. Two years, three years later, 2017, 18, 19, 20, this news drops, which is why I was skeptical to start, because I've seen this before, and I wanted to make sure that it actually stuck. Again, it's not truly official, but it is something to think about now and the ramifications how will she appear in the mandalorian i have an initial feeling i think she will appear maybe via hologram like darth maul does at the end of solo second theory not confirmed i think she may have ashley Eckstein's voice but rosario dawson's body maybe maybe not just something to think about uh does this set up a pilot for an ahsoka tano live action disney plus series I think that would be really good. I think that would be really fire. Uh, this also sort of confirms if uh, Ahsoka Tano is in The Mandalorian, and that is true. That means she has survived the Rise of Skywalker, that she quite possibly fought in the battle over top of Exegol. There's a lot of things that you can take from this, and I'm excited for it. I don't care 
if it's Ashley Eckstein's voice or not. I don't care. Uh, because I'm not really a Clone Wars guy. I think Rosario Dawson's a wonderful actress. I think she plays these particular characters well. See Gamora, right? Uh, and I think she was in Avatar. Maybe. I forget. Um, I think this is a good move if they decide to make it stick. And I hope that Lucasfilm and Disney confirms this soon so we can all stop biting our nails and, and sort of getting all pressurized from it. And it didn't really stick to me until I saw a tweet from Clayton Sandell. And Clayton Sandell is in the Disney ecosystem, and he stated... A live-action version of Ahsoka Tano appearing in the second season of The Mandalorian is correct. I'd heard a couple names floated. Dawson was indeed one. But I can't confirm the slash film casting scoop. However, I can say Ahsoka will not be played by Ashley Eckstein. 248 retweets, 1.3 thousand likes. So again, not a lot of traction. Uh, but we have some people, you know, on both sides. This is at, this is both absolutely amazing and a letdown at the same time. Going to be honest, not sure how I feel about this. Ashley not portraying Ahsoka. That said, I'll save my opinion until I see the performance. This one, really terrible. Uh, wish it'd be her voice somehow, a little disappointing. It should be Ashley only because Ashley voiced her in The Rise of Skywalker. That's a good point, actually. Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of things that can happen with this casting. But what do you think of the casting? I look forward to your comments, to your feedback. Uh, feel free to direct message me if you want. And this sort of makes sense and is coincidental to the fact that the Ahsoka Tano Clone Wars episode started. So are they trying to build hype or is it just a coincidence? I'll let you decide. But this has been our hyperspace spot for episode 12. This is Reading the Stars. In episode 12's Reading the Stars segment, we are going to be covering Vader number one and number two and covering the first four chapters of The Rise of Skywalker. I'm looking forward to bringing that to you in this episode. But let's start off with Darth Vader number one and let's chat about the cover. So it appears that Darth Vader has a robot companion that is new to us. Uh, they seem to be walking away from an explosion, and they seem to be on a desert planet. And I wonder what it could all mean. This is this was so popular. This sold out. First printing was sold out. I had to wait for the second printing to get my hands on a copy of Darth Vader number one. And let me tell you right now that this this five dollar comic. This thicker-than-normal comic, because the first issue is usually a longer story, is fabulous. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. It far exceeds any of the comics I've read so far. I would put it in line with the Star Wars series right now, and i put it just above The Rise of Kylo Ren. 
Uh, but we have uh, a great story to talk about. It is called Dark Heart of the Sith Part 1. Darth Vader failed to turn Luke Skywalker to the dark side. Luke escaped but now knows the truth. He is Darth Vader's son. For the first time in many years, Darth Vader's path is uncertain. So as we flip through the pages of here, I won't go through it in in intimate detail. I'm not going to re- I'll read some things, but I won't read a lot of things. Uh, this comic should be read by you. Uh, you should go get this from your local comic book store if you're allowed to go outside, of course, or buy it digitally or, or support it somehow. But it's, it opens up with the a first-person view of Vader slashing at Luke on Cloud City. They're battling. He cuts his, his hand off. There's little black boxes with pain, fear. This is what you need. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. So strong, and he falls, but so weak, Vader says. And the Millennium Falcon escapes, and we cut to Vader on a Star Destroyer, and he's sort of contemplating. He's looking. He's thinking. He's, he has thoughts. He seems to be shook from this. He has Death Troopers as part of his posse. I love that. We have no sense of Death Troopers in the original trilogy, but they're here in the comic, and I love I love it so much because Death Troopers is one of my most favorite types of stormtroopers. And uh, you can't understand what they're saying because they're all garbled because of, I think, the lore behind the Death Trooper is that all of their communications are scrambled when they speak out, but inside the earpiece they can hear each other. And then let's meet forensics droid Z67, Z67, trained in all aspects of data retrieval, collection, and analysis, reporting for service. And to be honest with you, the secret star of Darth Vader number one is the droid himself, who is actually has more of a speaking role than Vader. Uh, so there's a lot of things, uh, you know, really, really good stuff happening. So Admiral Piet gets a message that the Emperor wants to talk to Vader, and as he tries to hail him, Vader's ship, the Imperial shuttle, uh, blasts off into hyperspace, and Admiral Piet says, I am afraid Lord Vader is currently unavailable. And then there's a close-up to Emperor Palpatine, and it says, is he now? And he just says, ha, 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 ha. And we keep on going. Lord Vader, I was just about to seek you out. If you can share the parameters of our mission, I can start and blah, 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 blah. Vader does some tinkering inside, and uh, he says, adjusting my motivator, with all due respect, only a trained technician should. And then Vader says, if you ever reveal what you learn on this mission, you will self-destruct. And the droid says, oh, wonderful. I do appreciate thoroughness. Tell me everything then. So they just start talking about Skywalker. Uh, Luke, the pilot who destroyed the Death Star, he was disappeared without a trace, I'm afraid. Um, I will find him again, Vader says, when the time is right for now. We will track down everyone who hid the boy from me and destroy them. Yes, love this premise for Vader. He's going after anybody who had contact with Luke Skywalker. I love it. So they head to Tatooine. Are you kidding? We're going back to Tatooine. This is awesome. There are some pirates that sort of see the lone Imperial shuttle, and they're like, oh, I wonder if we can take over that ship. They probably have credits. They're probably untraceable. We can do a quick hit. It's going to be no big deal. 
And I'm just thinking to myself, there's no way they survive that. Vader's going to tear through them if they do attack him. Vader lands on Tatooine. He's greeted by an Imperial contingency. They're like, hey, we can certainly help you. And a Death Trooper's like, get away from us. We don't need you. We go to a terminal. Uh, they find out where the Lars homestead is. It's still black as it was still on fire. Uh, there's nothing left, really. Patrol the perimeter. The home, uh, well, here we are, the home of Clyde Lars and his wife, Shmi Skywalker. And then it goes into a flashback between young Anakin and Shmi. Be brave and don't look back. This episode has a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards. It's, it's really, really well written. After their deaths, the house was inherited by Clegg's son, and then it shows Owen Lars and his wife, Beru. Where are you going to find my mother? At some point, Owen and Beru adopted a child named Luke Skywalker. There's little in the official record about the lad, but he was known for his affinity for flying. So they're in the area. Uh, the droid picks up the T-16 Skyhopper little model that Luke was flying around, and I'm moving my hand, and you can't see it, but the streamers can, and it's wonderful. Uh, we have a flashback to Attack of the Clones with Padme and Anakin tinkering around there. Uh, a, a lubrication vat, uh, but it's not working. Shmi was killed by Tuscans, and a village of Tuscans was massacred shortly after. And then it flashes back to the Attack of the Clones. To Anakin, they're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. And Padme says, to be angry is to be human. That's Padme sort of uh, encouraging that. And then we have a flashback to Yoda Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. To Padme, come away with me. Help me raise our child. Leave everything else behind while we still can. To Anakin, we don't have to run away anymore. I have brought peace to the Republic. I can rule the galaxy. To Luke, him saying to Luke, come with me. It is the only way. Back to Padme. I don't believe what I am hearing. And we see Luke. We see uh, Shmi. And we see Padme falling, falling, falling from Vader's grasp. And I was like... Holy moly, this this issue is just absolutely wild. So they took the boy in, and Invader says in his mind, and made him weak, and the lightsaber ignites. Ah, uh, yes, you came to punish someone, but unfortunately there's no one left. They find the graves of Lars and Shmi Skywalker, and Vader has a moment where he sort of like uses the force to push everything away, like kind of like a concussive missile. Flashback. To Attack of the Clones, I wasn't strong enough to save you, Mom. I wasn't strong enough, but I promise I won't fail again. Lord Vader, so sorry to disturb you, but we picked up some transmissions. Boom! A transport ship gets blown up. Lord Vader, perhaps we should, the robot says, just stand here? Of course, if you think that's best. And then the gang of pirates show up, and you just know they don't stand a chance. That was easy. Circle back. Hang on. You missed him. And one of them says, that's impossible. Vader walking out of flames with lightsaber ablaze. Oh, of course, they may not be the specific traitors you were looking for, but you did come to punish. And as the ship is coming towards him, he uses his fist and blows up the engines. The ship crashes. He uses his lightsaber to cut one of the wings off. It has no chance. The pirates come out of their broken down ship and they are firing their lasers at him he is deflecting them he is throwing them away with his hand he is slashing through them cutting limbs off aggressively punishing these pirates the death troopers see the explosions and they start running to them but it's too late because vader has destroyed everything perfect are we done then the droid says 
Vader says, no, droid, we have just begun. They get back into the Imperial shuttle. They head to Coruscant. They head to the last place Padme Amidala was at in her little room. There's a monument sealing the room. No one has been it been in it in a long time. There's no entrance. Padme or uh, Vader sort of cracks through the entrance with the Force. The apartment of Senator Padme Amidala sealed since her death, but I remain confused. Why are we? She was the mother. The mother? Skywalker's mother. Ah, uh, yes, this makes sense. Searching my databank now, a Jedi named Skywalker frequently served as her personal guard, Anakin Skywalker. They must have become friendly with a little flashback between Anakin and Padme. Kissing. Only her most trusted allies could have known she was pregnant and stolen the boy before she died. Did they bring her here? Did they leave a trace? Yada, yada. They're looking for something. They find a little scout transmitter. Don't worry, little friend. We just want to know whom you're reporting to. We go to a planet called Vandaxa. Vandaxa, which is like sort of, it's a bunker in the middle of a tropical area with a Gungan and some rebels, I guess, and they're being attacked by these strange creatures, and they're not doing well against them. Uh, but the crew's gone. Mm, let's see. If you only news, a Vader shows up, slashes through all of the creatures. If you only knew, only power can save. And then we have Vader. He says, what? The droid says, by the maker. Boom. Padme. In life form. And it says, to be continued. That's issue one. Wow, that... That issue is just awesome. There's there was flashbacks to the movies. There was new content. There was punishment. There was just awesome. I love the droid. I love his commentary. I love how they're tying little things together. They're using the little details of Star Wars. It's really, really wonderful. And I'm looking forward to reading Darth Vader number two. Three. Darth Vader number two is a wild ride into Vader's past and present. Darth Vader number one leaves us asking tons of questions. Has Padme Amidala returned from the dead? Question mark. Darth Vader number two, Dark Heart of the Sith, part two. Darth Vader revealed the truth. He is Luke Skywalker's father, but Luke refused to join him and escaped. Enraged, Vader has taken a squad of death troopers and the Imperial forensics droid Z-67 on a quest of revenge against everyone who hid Luke from him. Vader's bloody journey led him from Tatooine to Padme Amidala's abandoned apartment on Coruscant, and now he stands face to face with a ghost from his past. Does Padme somehow live? Let's get into it. We have a flashback scene in the opening back to Attack of the Clones. Uh, the scene where Padme reveals that she loves Anakin. And we have some inner dialogue from Darth Vader. Don't be afraid, Padme. Love me. I thought uh, we decided not to fall in love, that we would be forced to live a lie, that it would destroy our lives. And boom, Vendaxa, present time. And what did you call me? Yes, the droid says. The similarity is astonishing. She seems to be the same age 
Senator Amidala would be if she were still alive. Why, this is Darth Vader. Who are you? And she fires right at him. It says, Burzam. She fires right at him, Burzam. And just like a boss, Vader just deflects it with his left hand because it's Vader, and that's what he does. And, and the, the, the robot says, that was a mistake, as he retrieves the gun easily using the Force. He steps up to her and says, who are you? She says, you said it yourself. I am Padme Amidala. And we have a beautiful sequence of art from Queen to Senator to Daughter of Naboo, back from the dead to haunt you to your grave. And that was another mistake. And now he is force choking the wannabe Padme. And it flashes back to Revenge of the Sith as Anakin force choked Padme back then as well. No one who dares threaten Lord Vader should hope to. And she falls to the ground in the past pregnant with his child and Vader gets distracted. A very rare occurrence that Vader gets distracted from his killing uh, notion. Uh, Lord Vader, she's you, my lord. And then she's running away. They get attacked by these creatures. He cuts them up. It's all very exciting. Uh, they're going after her. Uh, they find her one more time. Vader again asks... Who are you? Land squids, indeed. Tell me, don't be afraid. And this mysterious woman says, I'm not afraid. Which then goes back to another attack of the clones flashback. She says, I'm angry. Vader and the Padme wannabe look into each other's eyes. I see it now. Padme is dead, but you wear her face speak with her voice you're the queen's shadow a handmaiden from naboo and the big reveal oh of course let me just cross reference my imperial databank says the robot yes she's sabe sabe the queen's double just a shade taller than padme slightly more pronounced uh, jaw yada yada years ago in coruscant you broke into padme's quarters you wanted to find out what happened to her. What did you learn? What kind of game is this, Sabe says. Padme fell and the Emperor ascended. He killed her, didn't he? You don't know what you're talking about. Silence. Before Padme died, she was stolen away. Whoever hid her betrayed the Empire. That doesn't make any sense. She stood with the Jedi, not the... If Padme had lived, she would have stood with the Empire. That's insane. And actually, that's a really interesting point. If Padme would have lived, would she have continued to stand by Anakin's side despite the terribleness that he did? That is a good question of discussion. So Sabe continues by saying, that's insane. Did you even know her? She would never have. In the name of the Emperor, I will find whoever hid her and I will destroy them. After, after all these years, why would the Emperor care? Vader responds, why do you care? These people, Sabe says, who you say hid her? You think they killed her? Vader says, you served Padme, you want revenge as well. 
but you fear me. Good, let that fear guide you. I will always triumph. If you serve me, so will you. Together we can find them. She fires her gun again and kills a land squid. My team's been fighting them off for weeks. Yada, yada, yada. We got to get out of here. She let them in. And Vader and Sabe just go on to a nice tag team killing streak. Awesome team up, which goes back into a flashback of Padme Amidala and Anakin fighting off droid after droid. And it's a wonderful sequence of events back and forth. You fought well. Now come. We leave at once. Uh, Sabe says, no, we have to bury them. Vader sort of falters. And the droid says, we're all lucky I didn't damage any circuits. Uh, are you going to be taking orders from her? Uh, who walked with me at Padme's funeral? They will be mourned, not like you, Lord Vader, and not like me. Now come so you can serve your emperor and I can have my vengeance. And the droid says, oh, she's giving the orders now? Hilarious. We knew we didn't have the full story of her death. So yes, after the funeral, we went to Coruscant and we broke into Padme's quarters. And I stole the chamber security recordings. I thought there must be some clue there. Uh, but we lacked the Imperial, I'm sorry, we could not decrypt them, but the forensic droid can decrypt them, but they hid the recordings on Naboo. And he has another flashback of his wedding with Padme, and she says, don't be afraid. And in Vader's head, he says, I'm not afraid, I'm angry. To be continued. In Darth Vader number three, April 15th. Are you kidding me? April 15th. Darth Vader number three comes out. I can't believe how dynamic the Darth Vader series is so far. I'm so happy that I'm going to invest into this series. I love the team up with Sabe. I love that they're both angry. I love that they are going after the truth, whatever that truth is. How much will they find? And I love that this is taking place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But that has been Darth Vader number two. A quick summary, a bridged version, some thoughts on it. Uh, I love it. I can't wait to bring you number three in the middle of April. Ugh, such a good story. Uh, hang tight as we transition to the Rise of Skywalker novel. So we have the Rise of Skywalker novel in our hands. It has been out since last Tuesday, March 17th. I was not able to get it because I usually go to Barnes & Nobles to get it. And guess who couldn't go to the store that day? Me, because of the, the crisis that's happening and things that are happening in my life, like my wife about to give birth to a baby. So I'm not allowed out of the house. Therefore, you're getting the first four chapters of the expanded edition Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker uh, in our hands right now. The cover is the classic poster of Rey on the left with the blue saber, Kylo Ren on the right, uh, on top of the Death Star in a scene that probably actually doesn't happen at all. This is just conceptual art. Uh, but what's interesting is that we do not have the Emperor in the background as it was depicted on the movie poster, which is totes fine. On the back, it has every generation has a legend and again if you have not read this yet and you do not want to hear spoilers and expanded stuff fast forward like 15 to 20 minutes as we uh, talk through 
the expanded edition. Some fun facts about the expanded edition. Let's talk about Ray Carson to start. Ray Carson is the author of Star Wars Most Wanted, a book about Han Solo and Kira when they're younger, which is very good. The Gold Seer trilogy and the best-selling and award-winning Girl of Fire and Thorns series. Her books tend to contain adventure, magic, and smart girls who make mostly smart choices. Originally from California, Ray Carson now lives in Arizona with her husband. And as we sniff deeply, ah, a fresh book. The crack of the book. Ah, that's good stuff. And the flipping of pages is just a wonderful sound. So nice. It's just so nice. Uh, the first thing I noticed is when I uh, got, I took this book out of the box and I was like, uh oh, this book is short compared to The Last Jedi, in which it is considerably thinner. And by thinner, I mean it's like 50 to 65 pages shorter than The Last Jedi. So. It's uh, pretty pretty interesting. And you know what? And I'm okay with it right now because if they just get down to the point, we, we good. We good. So let's recap on our inner flap. Always like to read the inner flap. Always stay safe when we're reading the inner flap. Witness the epic final chapter of the Skywalker saga with the official novelization of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, including expanded scenes and additional content not seen in theaters and this is why i read this stuff because i love all the detail although the complainers will say why do i have to read a book to get the full story well because it's a business model and i like reading and this is my life and you're listening to this podcast because you enjoy it and you don't have to read it i'll read it for you the resistance has been reborn but although Rey and her fellow heroes are back in the fight, the war against the First Order, now led by Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, is far from over. Just as the spark of rebellion is rekindling, a mysterious signal broadcasts throughout the galaxy with a chilling message. Emperor Palpatine, long thought defeated and destroyed, is back from the dead. Has the ancient Lord of the Sith truly returned. Kylo Ren cuts a swath of destruction across the stars, determined to discover any challenge to his control over the First Order and his destiny to rule over the galaxy and crush it completely. Meanwhile, to discover the truth, Rey, Finn, Poe, and the Resistance must embark on the most perilous adventure they have ever faced. Featuring all new scenes adapted from never-before-seen material, deleted scenes, and input from the filmmakers. The story that began in Star Wars The Force Awakens and continued in Star Wars The Last Jedi reaches an astounding conclusion. And let me start off with a point of contention. You may have noticed that Rose Tico was not mentioned on the inner flap. And that's because she's not crucial to the story, which is why she did not have enough screen time in The Rise of Skywalker because she's a secondary character. There, I said it. If you're a Rose Tico fan, sorry. But that are, they, they're the facts. The facts is that she was written into The Last Jedi as a wonderfully new character, but we didn't need anything more than that. That's all I'm going to say about it. So as we dive deep into the expanded edition 
of the Rise of Skywalker. I'm not going to go over every little detail of the said book, uh, but it does open up differently than the movie. So it opens up chapter one. It's all about Rey and Leia. It opens with Rey in floating form talking to Leia. We see some great perspectives from both Rey and Leia that you find in the book. We get insight into Luke training Leia, and we get some good inner dialogue from Rey. Leia could float when training with Luke. She could float and hear the force ghosts of Obi-Wan and Yoda. Rey knows this because Leia tells her that she can hear them, which makes sense in the scene because she's the scene is the be with me scene. Be with me. She's trying to listen for the voices of the Jedi, and she's not doing well with it. And it's very interesting, but at the same time, Rey has a vision of Exegol and briefly speaks to Rose toward the end of this chapter. But what was new and cool was that Rey's vision is what Kylo is seeing as he's searching for the Wayfinder on Mustafar. I think I would have really loved to see the duality of the dyad in the opening scenes. Like as Ray, you know, there's like a there's a back and forth and we're getting that instant connection and we're just sort of, you know, uh, hammering home the dyad. But thus, no problem. It didn't happen, but we have the book and it's certainly pretty cool. In chapter two we find kylo battling to find the wayfinder he comes across a spider-like creature who is placed who was placed by vader to protect the wayfinder until a person strong enough could defeat all of the creatures protecting it and claim it for his own they talk about the unknown regions and the honeycomb space area of the unknown regions and the the travel and they talk about the ancient sith history like the sith eternal and clone wars and kylo ren's inner dialogue is really cool and it's lots of good stuff we find that the emperor has more lines in this chapter than in the movie and that kylo is ever questioning so as of right now you know we have lines from general hux we have lines from general pride that was the little excerpt that was released on starwars.com uh you know and kylo sort of just Give me my tie whisper, and to the and it says, to the relief of the first order, Kylo Ren goes off on his own, and then he eventually makes it to Exegol, right? And uh, the Emperor has more lines in this chapter than in the movie, and that Kylo is ever questioning what is going on. But the main thing we find out is that the Emperor's spirit is inside a clone, a reanimated clone of him. And that the Sith Eternal, the cultists, are ever-present sort of tinkering around trying to fix things. And they're, they're shuffling about doing their little chores. They're working tirelessly to make the Sith come back uh, to reality. And it ends up with Kylo asking the question, who is she, about Rey. So just to give us context into the movie. Uh, but one thing that the, that the movie doesn't mention is that the clone body won't last much longer. Uh, the Kylo can feel the power of the Sith Force coming from the body, the cloned body of Palpatine. He sees the jars of Snoke. I am Snoke. I am Vader. I was all of them. I've been talking to you forever. Which comes back to the comic series, The Rise of Kylo Ren, when 
when Ben Solo is a young lad following in the ways of Luke as a 10-year-old, I believe, he is hearing Emperor Palpatine and not Snoke, which is kind of cool to think about, you know, in a long sense. So that sort of ends Chapter 2. In Chapter 3, we are back to Rey, and we get some really cool detail here. She eyed the unfinished lightsaber on her workbench. In fact, someday, once she had mastered this lightsaber-building business, she might design one that felt more like a quarterstaff in her hand, familiar and hefty, two business ends, maybe with a hinge in the middle for portability. This wasn't in the movie. This was wonderful. So Ray does want to create a lightsaber that is double-bladed and that has a hinge in the middle so she can sort of, uh, you know, uh, handle it with expertise and skill. Uh, let's see. We have Finn and Poe and Chewie. So it transitions from Ray at her workbench talking about the lightsaber to Finn, Poe, and Chewie in the Falcon. This ties in, uh, uh, you know, with the movie. You know, they're playing chess. It's basically the same exact dialogue. Nothing changed there. They get to the glacier area. They find the spy, but it turns out that they were there not to get a message, but to get a part for the Tanta Four. Okay, doesn't matter. And they end up getting the message anyway. And they sort of uh, explain that the Ties have the ability to uh, go into hyperspace, which is why they could follow them through the hyperspace skipping. Uh, so that's a nice reference. The line of, yeah, well, Ray's not here, is she? Uh, is just so funny to me still. Even in movie and in book, I laughed out loud. Uh, back to Kylo Ren, who is getting his mask fixed. He dumped the shards, all painstakingly scavenged from the wreckage of the supremacy onto the stone table. He wasn't sure how the alchemist would pull it off. There were too many pieces. Some of them warped beyond recognition. Uh, so after his helmet gets fixed, you know, he calls the Knights of Ren back to him. The Knights of Ren uh, came back to him rather quickly, he said. Uh, they still respect him for taking down Ren. In the rise of Kylo Ren number four, spoiler alert, sorry, uh, Kylo ends up beheading the traitor, like in book form, like boom, lightsaber out, you're beheaded, and then he throws uh, the head onto the table <laughs> in front of all his cohort. Uh, after Kylo force chokes the one officer who's questioning him, uh, it, it says, but the ambition that cut into his being was the thought of reigning side by side with her. So he's been thinking about continuing to make Ray uh, go to his viewpoint, look to him as a, as a partner. Uh, they were connected. They had defeated Snoke together. They would be invincible. So even this early in the book, I mean, I never got a sense that Kylo Ren in the movie was like, like still hyper on Ray, you know, like we knew that he wanted to go after her because the Emperor said, you know, do you even know who she is? You know, blah 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 blah. That piqued his interest, whatever. Uh, there is a little mention of like I in a vision I saw that her parents were nobody. So was I wrong about that? This has gotten my interest, whatever. Uh, but the, I just love that he says. But the ambition that cut into his being was the thought of reigning side by side with her. Love it. Moving on to chapter four and the final chapter we'll cover in this episode of the podcast. 
back to Rey reading the Jedi text, being helped by Beaumont, who actually has a purpose in this book, uh, rather than in the movie in which he really doesn't have a purpose. Ooh, ooh, Clone Wars, dark magic, blah, 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 who cares? Uh, Beaumont's job was to translate the ancient text for her so she could better understand them. She just wants to make Luke and Leia proud, her inner dialogue tells us. The interactions between our trio is exactly the same in the movie, and I loved every bit of it when the Falcon comes back and it's on fire. You broke my droid. You're a difficult person. You're a difficult man. I loved it. Uh, besides, Luke's notes had mentioned that Palpatine had been obsessed with the idea of living forever. He'd claimed to Anakin that he discovered the secret to eternal life from his own master, Darth Plagueis. Ray knows this stuff. Right before betraying him, killing him, Luke had assumed it was a lie meant to tempt Anakin to the dark side, but what if there was truth to it? So that's very curious. She should have known that Palpatine would have a contingency plan in place. Uh, Leia, uh, Leia should have known that Palpatine would have had a contingency plan in place. After all, Palpatine had been a fixture in her life from the time she was a toddler princess on Alderaan. Over and over again, she'd watched him encounter setbacks only to rise more powerful than before he was smart determined and aggravatingly prepared always two steps ahead of everyone no one answered the call to crate because the first order was basically suppressing the message they were going after sympathizers to the resistance this is kind of told in the resistance reborn book but it was a nice to see them mention it in the rise of skywalker uh, Maz Kanata and Rey have a nice exchange about, you know, her path. Beaumont has a much better role in the book, helping the trio decipher the Jedi text so they know where to go next. That's how they find out that they need to go to Pasana. That was kind of random in the movie, if we think about it. Like, all of a sudden, Pasana is a thing, and because uh, Rey instantly translates that text, you know what I mean? So, like, in the movie it makes sense, but when we really think about it and, and digest it, how did she know how to translate that stuff? Well, we find out that Beaumont's been helping. And in the final little piece, Luke reaches out to Leia and says, it's time. And she responds, not yet. And we get this inner dialogue of Leia, and she's like, I'm just so tired. The, the getting blasted from that ship and floating through space, remember, we have floating, uh, really took a lot out of me, uh, but I can't give up just yet. Maz advises Leia to give this saber to Rey, and to give her a blessing before it's too late. The chapter ends with that girl might be our last hope. Boom. End of chapter four. 62 pages into this story. And the magic of Star Wars is just flooding back to me. I loved every bit of it. I am just eating every single detail of the Rise of Skywalker's expanded edition. And I can't wait at the end of this month. The Blu-ray slash digital will come out. I will buy the Steelbook from Best Buy. Hopefully they're open. If not, I'm going to be sad, uh, and we'll figure it out from there. But, hey, who knows? Uh, I, I love this. I'm hoping to bring, like, four chapters per uh, episode coming down the line. Uh, I'm looking forward to discussing it with the From a Certain Point of View podcast guys who started their own book club. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, hope you enjoyed this little rendition of the first four chapters. Uh, but that ends our Reading the Stars segment for episode 12. And we'll see you in episode 13.
And we are back with Adam from the From a Certain Point of View podcast. We're continuing our adventure into Clone Wars land as we tackle all 12 episodes of Season 7 together on Star Wars by the MRC Tech. Adam, how goes it on your I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back five weeks in a row. It's almost like you haven't learned anything yet. I've... <laughs> Keep asking me back. I tell you right now, since <laughs> hockey's not here, we are just common friends oh, right yeah. now. So we have yeah, nothing yeah. to fight over being in Pittsburgh and being in Philadelphia. But it is amazing yeah, that's it. the crisis we're going through and how Isn't it? people times. are looking to other forms of entertainment and how I think last two weeks ago, 10,000 new podcasts were born out of their mom's basements. And we've been, well, doing it, you know, right around the same time, you know, back. Yeah. Back in the mighty 2019. Remember that year where everything yeah. went just yeah, okay? and Yeah, way way back when. Way back then. Way back in 2019. And, um, Before all these young podcasts. Yes, so. for sure. For sure. <laughs> but uh, it is a uh, trial of survival. So which podcast yeah. will survive? Which ones will uh, make it That's, through the so, dark yeah. times? That's going to be the real question. It's the podcast royale. I see episode 21, right? 21 dropped. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Give us a little yeah, preview of, of your episode. Sure, sure. We did episode 21, which weirdly ended up kind of just being an Ahsoka Tano episode. Perfect. Uh, for most part, we talked about the news, uh, which I, I'm pretty sure you talked about. I think I, I did, but let's that. cover it. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on Rosario Dawson. Yeah, I'm excited. I am reserving, um, I'm reserving a little bit of excitement just in case. Uh, I know that this has been confirmed by pretty much everybody, but I'd like to hear it from official outlets first Agreed. before I get Agreed. super excited. I would have also liked to have really had that saved for a surprise uh, when whatever episode she ends up in. So yeah, a little, little disappointed that that didn't happen, but hey, I mean, you can only save those surprises so many times, right? And sure, sure. I mean, Yoda the, was yeah. Uh, the child was a rare, yeah. rare. Uh, you gotta you yeah. got feel bad for anybody who like I think, I think today was it today that the UK just got Disney Plus? Is it today? Uh, uh, something like that. I know oh it was. God. Yeah, yeah, and it's just amazing that it didn't leak. But now you know everybody posted about it. So unless they weren't mm-hmm. on Twitter, they all know about it. It's this week, so that's pretty awesome. So we. You know, we're excited. I think it was, we finally turned to page on the last arc, which means we're into a new arc, which means we have no information outside of for the little preview. I don't really watch, do you watch the previews on YouTube? I don't really watch them. I don't know. Yeah, I try to go in there. Yeah. I I, I do watch a little, if if they're on, if if they end up on Twitter or whatever, you know, I'll I'll watch, I'll watch there, but I I don't usually watch the, uh, go actually to the channel to watch yeah, so I try to. For me, I don't know. It's just, just like I want to. I want to raw. I want to see what's going down. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, yeah. you know, just me, just me, and apparently you. I, and I do that with pretty much everything, movies yeah. and everything. Like I, I don't watch, uh, like leading up to Rise of Skywalker. I know uh, Josh, my co-host, consumes everything out there, um, but I've never been like that. It's, yeah. it's more. I, I'd like to go in and, and watch the episode. I tell you, movie. when Force Awakens was debuting their stuff. I watched everything. I wanted every TZ, TV, mm-hmm. TV teaser. 
I was combining a lot of words into trailer. Yeah, there. you did a lot there. And yeah. I, I, man, I was all over it. And then Last Jedi, I sort of like reeled it in. Like I'm only watching the official stuff. I want to see teaser. I want to see trailer one. Okay. I want to see trailer two. Done. And they did the same thing for Rise, except I went off the internet for three months before it actually like, or three weeks before it actually came out because I didn't want to see nothing. Man, yeah. I just wanted to go in there with not that low expectations is the word, but like I don't want to get super excited and then have people uh, on Twitter like right. kind of crap all over you because I was excited. Like, well, that's me. Yeah, you know, and like, for me, it, it's more that I just kind of like to go in and, and see things for the first time on it. And lately, it's it's almost and maybe this doesn't happen too much with Star Wars, but there's times where trailers can just give away way too much stuff, and right. I, you know. I like to see that for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and so that transitions back to episode five, where we know little yeah. about it, except we know we know that Ahsoka is coming back. We sort of talked yeah. about it, and yeah. episode five, which I think it was called. Oh man, I don't have this prepared. Gone with a trace. Thank you. Gone, which is an interesting play on words, isn't it? Well, yeah, and uh, it, it's not. I thought it was just a play on play on words at first, but then I, I and I didn't want to figure this out until the next day uh, mm. when I was planning planning our show. Uh, but Ahsoka is actually gone, and but she's gone with Trace. So, <laughs> oh, uh, son of a gun! That's a good play I, on it, words. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't <laughs> even put, I didn't even put that in together. I thought. Trace was like traces of force usage. Son of a gun! I'm writing an outline and and I'm writing and I'm writing the stuff and it it just hits (laughs) me and smacks me on the side of the head. You had an aha moment. Oh, now I got to look at back at the other titles and say to myself, "Was there hidden meaning in all of the titles? I don't know." That's funny. (laughs) We um, they have the blue words. If there is no path before you, create your own. Very apropos for our Ahsoka here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's just do a quick recap. So we're in Coruscant. Uh, one thing that I noticed is as she's traveling on her